0: The data can't always tell you what is going on. You know, the data can't tell you how the user feels. The data can only tell you what the user did. And you can use that to assume how the user feels.
1: DigitalMarketingRadio.com The Big Interview with David Bates What are the most important reports in Google Analytics? How should you customize your dashboards? And what metrics are the most important to be keeping an eye on? Those are just three of the questions that I'm going to be asking our special guest, Alan Morta, today about Google Analytics. Alan, thanks for joining us on DMR.
0: No problem. Thank you for having me. appreciate the time.
1: Alan's the president of Three Ventures, where he uses analytics to help his clients increase the ROI for millions of dollars marketing spend annually. So Alan, is it nearly always Google Analytics that your clients use? Are you finding that other tracking tools are just as popular as well with your clients?
0: You know, there are other tracking tools that are just as popular. Uh, you know, Google Analytics has the brand name behind it. Obviously you have Adobe's product and Amateur, um, but really it just depends on, on, on uh, it's going to really depend on the CTO and the technology staff and what their preferences are. but. You know, Google Analytics, um, really, they do a good job with offering a, a freemium version, you know, a free version, where a lot of um, startups or a lot of maybe companies that started in 2005, 2006 have implemented the product since its, you know, infant stages. And now as they're getting to the point where they're becoming bigger companies, you know, hitting the $5, 10 $15, 20000000 million dollar in annual revenue range, you know, that they already have Google Analytics in place. So we see a lot of, we definitely see a, a a lot of companies using Google Analytics, but as far as it being the best tool, I think that varies client to client depending on, you know, what exactly the goals of the business are, maybe in, you know, the, the plan or, or um, you know, objectives for the quarter year, et cetera, maybe five-year plan, something like that.
1: Right, okay. So I guess that if someone's got software tracking in place already, then it's quite hard to actually make the change over to something else because obviously you've got historically all that information there.
0: Exactly and uh, so you know that that's one of the biggest things is when the companies like I said when they grow organically and they've already had Google Analytics in place you know they're they're pretty reliant upon Google Analytics and have often built systems to integrate with it.
1: I'm a bit of a digital marketing oldie and I remember um, using StatCounter back in about 2005 or so before um, I think Google analytics, uh, analytics even existed or certainly maybe was, was called Urchin back then. Um, so it was certainly appealing to move to analytics and um, it does provide you with an awful lot of information. Um, but perhaps to someone who is not comfortable with the dashboard to begin with, um, perhaps a little bit too much information, do you think Google Analytics could be doing A better job to appeal and make life easier for a fairly novice online marketer.
0: I think that's what the Solutions Gallery was aimed at doing. Um, You know, the the problem with having—I shouldn't say problem. um, You know, the issue with with you know new marketers is the fact that they may, d- they may not have all the experience in terms of understanding platforms individually. And what the Analytics Solution Gallery has done a really good job at is taking these big name people like Avi Nashkaseek and Justin Katroni and a lot of um, other analytics firms that, that leverage Google Analytics and it, they're providing these dashboards and reports you know for general things like social media marketing and uh, SEO and uh, responsive website design. And I think that they've done a really good job there in terms of getting those out in the public. But the gap right now that I, I see, which kind of relates to your question, is is um, the getting those to the novice users. Uh, I think they've done a really good job with offering, you know, that the, they're basically the videos and the tool tips inside of each one of the reports. So I think that they're doing a better job of getting those integrated inside of the actual Google Analytics interface, but it's like anything else there can always, you know, there are there's always work to be done to improve it.
1: It's interesting because I think to a certain degree it reflects what Google is like as a company and that they're 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 very technical and and they the they're they're not probably as good as someone like Apple to make a product um very intuitive and, and easy to understand straight away. But um, maybe that's um, what we've got to accept uh, because analytics isn't really just a, a solution that um, can apply to every single company. Every company wants different kind of stats. So obviously there are, there are lots of different dashboards and reports available in, in Google Analytics. Where is the starting point in terms of setting up new dashboards and reports? What, what do you think the primary initial focus should be?
0: The primary initial focus should definitely be on understanding your marketing and especially in terms of your key performance indicators because you can create so many different dashboards and reports, but if you really don't know what you're looking for initially off the back before you go and you begin to look for something, you know, you're kind of just stuck in the data, not not understanding what it is you should be looking for. So I think that that's one of the biggest things, um, especially for for um, you know, beginning marketers is to understand the objectives of the marketing channel and to clearly identify the goals and the um, you know the the reporting requirements of that channel before ever hopping into Google Analytics. And then that way, you know, if you can't find something in Google Analytics, you can go Google it and you know read a nice article or find something um, in the in, in Google's developer center about how to find it or how to implement uh, the solution that you're looking for. So I think that that's what the real question comes down to is, you know, are we doing a good enough job, you know, for, or or informing beginning marketers, uh, you know, that, that the most important thing is understanding what you're supposed to be looking for prior to going and looking for it.
1: Okay, and if you're helping a client to get set up for the first time, um, or maybe they've got Google, Atlantic, Google Analytics installed and they haven't done that much with it apart from install it, how do you go about planning KPIs and setting custom alerts for, for that kind of client?
0: Well, specifically, um, a good one to start with is an analytics audit. I mean, that's typically what we do anytime we're in a situation like you've described. Uh, and then what that allows us to do is that allows us to to go through their their current site or uh, application and understand the configurations, uh, get an idea of what's going on with a lot of their marketing channels. You know, begin to speak with some people internally at the company with IT with marketing, and that gives us a pretty good uh, fundamental understanding of you know where we should go for the direction. Sometimes clients you know have a, a longer time frame you know, maybe a six-month six, a six month to a year time frame before they expect to see results, so they know that it's it's more of a, a marathon and not a sprint. So that allows you to be a little bit more strategic and a little bit more technical. But sometimes when, you know, clients come and they're like, hey, we need to meet this goal in two months, you know, three months. You know, is this something that's realistic? And, you know, if that is something that's realistic, then it's understanding what we need to do in the short run to help them do that whether that's getting their marketing teams and their um, their their development teams the reports that they need or the data that they need to make those sort of growth hacking decisions on the fly um, you know but that it all varies based upon the goal of the client
1: okay and can you talk a little bit about intelligent in intelligence events and um, how to take advantage of that with customer alerts as well
0: this is probably one of my favorite areas Um First, let me start off with the only pitfall uh, of, of these and that is the fact that they rely upon the data previously or the, from the previous day. and so you're not necessarily going to be getting alerts in real time. So if you have any sort of critical alerts like your infrastructure is down or you know um, all of a sudden you're not getting any transactions coming through your system, those are things that are good to have in Google Analytics. But they shouldn't be your first line of defense. Now, items that are really good for intelligence events, um, those are going to be things uh, like uh, acquisition and behavior metrics. Um, those are really good to judge the performance of your marketing channels in terms of day-to-day changes, or maybe you know by by monthly changes and their effect on uh, the amount of people that are coming to your site. You know, often referred to as, as users. And the sessions associated with those users, but also in terms of um, other behavior metrics, you know, such as um, time on site and bounce rate, and looking at the user flow. Um, well, actually, not user flow doesn't typically. Uh, uh, actually, user flow doesn't apply to to this. I'm sorry, uh, but but those are really good things for intelligence events. So, for example, you know, if you have a high volume AdWords campaign. Uh, and, and that's when he, that makes you know, 60% of your money coming from search. A really good one to set up would be, you know, if bounce rate for this campaign increases 20% from the day previous, send me an alert. Because what can happen is, is maybe the person who's managing your account or if you're managing an account, maybe if you make a mistake and you didn't catch it, like you have uh, the, uh, the wrong keyword match type, or maybe you forgot to include a negative keyword that you thought of, and your ads, you know, triggering for ad, for queries you don't want to show. That gives you a really good indicator uh, to let you know, hey, red flag, something's wrong. Um, and then another really good one is for budget control. Um, if you're implementing cost data into Google Analytics, uh, a really good way to, to keep on top of the the spend is to use those alerts for cost control. Um, so. Those are some, some typical ones and a, a good understanding of what not to use
1: them for. So those are some really good tips on uh, how to use Google Analytics at the moment. Have you got any thoughts on how Google Analytics might grow and change over the next couple of years or so?
0: Yeah, I definitely think the biggest, the, the biggest places in which they've grown, I'm going to definitely say is, uh, actually, we can silo this. Um, one's going to be in the configuration and development process. That's going to be with Google Tag Manager. Uh, the other is really going to be with a sort of creative tracking process with the measurement protocol. So the offline to online conversions and um, you know integrating those with the measurement protocol because where you used to have just a snippet of code or you used to just need a snippet of, or you I'm sorry you had to have a snippet of code on your site to be tracking something or to be tracking a user as they went from page to page and, and, and capturing all those timings and interactions. You can now use the, or you can now track them via an, uh, an HTTP request. So with the measurement protocol, you're able to send all of this data to the Google servers which goes into your account and you're able to track things that you normally wouldn't be able to track. Uh, you know, for example, you, you, there's some tricky stuff that you can do uh, with with uh, email marketing uh, in terms of uh, tracking opens and clicks uh, inside of the actual inside of the actual email um, and actions inside of the email. You know, Justin Catroni talked a lot about that at MozCon, um, and so getting out of the Getting out of the measurement protocol and back into the Google Tag Manager, the Google Tag Manager has been making a lot, or has been allowing a lot of IT teams and a lot of um, marketing and analytics teams to be able to make these on-the-change or you know on-the-fly changes. Um, you know, one of which could be on a website, just simply adding a you know conversion tracking code, and the other one could be in uh, you know in in a mobile app. And instead of having to push an update through the App Store, uh, either uh, um, the uh, App Store with um, Apple or the uh, Android Play Store, uh, instead of having to go through that process and resubmitting your application, you can now just make a, a, a quick change inside of the Google Tag Manager interface. So I think that those are the two areas where they've grown the most and they'll continue to grow. And then as far as the, the web interface, you know, I think that you'll see Google continue to make data-driven um, user experience changes to that. Um, and then I'm also really excited about the um, enhanced e-commerce analytics. That's definitely uh, really cool, really beneficial for e-commerce, uh, e-commerce um, companies to understand, you know, not only what the user's doing on the site, but what the users actually doing when interacting, uh, you know, with specific items or carts, or where specific items are adding items to carts, and you know how they're removing those or adding um, items into their carts, etc. And um, and the biggest thing is where you had to use custom dimensions and metrics to track these things. You can now use um, some custom configurations with enhanced e-commerce and get all that applied in really nice
1: reports. Okay, and uh, having users logged in um, in an e commerce site um, helps with tracking them through multi devices, of course, as well, um, tablets and smartphones, as well as um, if they have a desktop um, still. But um, do you have any more thoughts on, um, for non logged in users, tracking them over multi devices if they're using a smartphone on their way to work and a tablet at lunchtime, pinpointing that it's the same user effectively?
0: There's been a lot of talk about this. I, you know, I was actually just on Google Plus replying to a, a, a gentleman this morning who had relatively the same question, and you know, I haven't necessarily came across anything that I thought was game changing. I think there's a lot of people out there who are are working on really good things, um, but right now, I haven't I haven't seen anything that that I would say is is something that's going to be put into. Um, some sort of development or production. I know, I'm, you know we're, we're about as close to Google as you can get, you know, but they don't share that information. So if they are working on something cool, I can't wait to hear about it.
1: <laughs> it's certainly an, it's, it's an interesting challenge that, um, that, that everyone's thinking about with uh, mobile and tablet users for many websites starting to surpass 50% of users now. It's, um, it really is um, starting to become a, a critical area.
0: Oh yes, it's definitely becoming a critical area. Um, I think the two biggest, the two biggest things in, in, in terms of cross-device use, is understanding the the experience desired um, on each one of the devices, and then as well as making sure that you're orphaning all of that data across the devices into a single user and that user sessions when you can identify that. So I think that those are two important areas. Um, you know that analytics can definitely have some growth in. You know one of the one of the really tough things, and this kind of segues back onto your your comment about um, you know beginning marketers and Google Analytics and how sometimes it's hard to use, but analytics is really good at helping you make data driven decisions. But a pitfall of that is that you don't always see things in the data. Like the data can't always tell you. I'm so, yeah, I'm sorry. That, that's a better way to say it. The data can't always tell you what is going on. You know, the data can't tell you how the user feels. The data can only tell you what the user did. And you can use that to assume how the user feels. Um, you know, so, so for example, we've been designing uh, a, a, a huge interf- uh, user interface for a client over the past year. And we took all of their data and analyzed it and broke it down and spent months working on flows and, and, and all these different types of customers and how they navigated through the interface. And we built a really, really good um, interface. And we, we were like, you know, all proud, chest up, walking, you know, tall, like this is awesome. And then we sat down and we did some user, bl- some blind user testing where we basically brought people in and had them act like those customers who had never seen the site before, and we recorded their screens. And it was really surprising to to see that you know we had went through all of the data and all of the things that we had been successful with. You know, fundamental things that we had been successful with from data every time. You know, those things were great, but it wasn't everything we needed. So I think that that's that's kind of a pitfall area um, in terms of analytics. Uh, And, you know, I hope that 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 the community come with a creative solution for that.
1: Absolutely. I'd love to get your general thoughts on digital marketing as well. So let's move on to software I couldn't live without. Now, (laughs) (laughs) just um, if you can possibly not give Google Analytics as the answer to this. Um, So what software do you currently use in your business that if someone took away from you, it would significantly impact the success of your business?
0: Oh man, our project manager. We have a, a custom-built project manager solution. Uh, you know, it basically works on the ActiveCollab framework, and uh, you know that that's probably our our number one.
1: And that's your own proprietary software, is it?
0: Yeah, it's it's a combination of ActiveCollab and our own custom. You know, our own, our, our basically our own customizations, um, and then we integrate with a couple other things we've built in house. But you know, that's probably the number one. Number two, I'm definitely going to say is Tweet TweetDeck. Right. Um, and, and 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 Hootsuite, you know, those are two accounts that I really like, especially you know, being a marketing person, an analytics person. A lot of a lot of my uh, you know, a lot of people that I know in the industry, a lot of um, friends in the industry, you know, they're all on they're all on social media channels doing doing the social thing. So th- those are great tools to stay up to date. Uh, and then the third one I'm definitely <laughs> going to say is um, definitely going to be GoToMeeting. Um, right. that, that that's always great in terms of data analysis. You know, if I can't um, fly out or get to a, a customer's location, and we have uh, you know a, a question or uh, an issue that's come up, and I, I need to work with them to show them you know where something is, or how we're supposed to be building something, or how we're supposed to be segmenting data, go to meeting does a great job.
1: So, what software don't you use, but you've heard good things about, and you've meant to try in the near future?
0: You know, um, I don't do a lot of PR and outreach. But Buzzstream does a really good job. I know that I see them all the time at a lot of conferences that we attend. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of Neil Patel. Uh, I like Crazy Egg. You know, we use Crazy Egg, but we don't use Kissmetrics. Um, you know, it's just kind of uh, it's a it's not as in depth as we'd like it to be. But that's also really good. And then the third one um, is Ahrefs. Uh, they do a really good job with link analysis. Uh, for any person who who does a lot of um, you know a, a, a link building or link audits things along the line of that nature.
1: Oh, well, that's interesting. Kissmetrics is something else that I've intended to try at some point because obviously Neil Patel produces incredible value in terms of the free information he offers. So I'm sure lots of people will have encountered encountered him at some point. Um, So, let us move on to... I wish I would have. And that is, I'd like you to look back on the very first day that you are involved in trying to market a business online. What didn't you do so well? What do you wish that you would have done differently?
0: Uh, Question authority. That is, without a doubt, probably the number one answer. You know, more times than not, um, things get pushed from the top down. And, uh, you know, we were doing things because we were told to do them, not because I you know, I thought that they were the best things to do. And, uh, you know, sometimes you gotta you got to trust your, your gut, especially if you're a numbers and data person. Um, and you can, you know, find dependence and correlation uh, between a decision and between data and its analysis. So I think that that's going to be the thing I'm going with.
1: So are you quite comfortable being questioned yourself then?
0: Oh, yeah. I, I definitely think that, that confidence is a key role Um, You know, we've done a really good job here of of building a culture um, around minimizing politics and, you know, being able to say what you want to say because it's how you feel and not necessarily because it's how you want others to respond. And, uh, you know, we've kind of tried to take the same approach with clients Uh, where we get in and we work with them and we become a resource, you know, for them to be more successful. And one of the things that we found is instead of just doing everything we're told, um, is never using the word but. It's always using the word and. So if they come to us and they say, I want to do this, I don't say, hey, that's great but. I say, hey, that's great and, you know, we should also take a look at this. They're like, oh, yeah, that's a great idea. We should totally do that. And oh, yeah, these are the benefits. Yeah, you know, so we that that's kind of been the motto.
1: Best advice I've ever received. So, what's the best piece of digital marketing advice that you've ever received?
0: I'm gonna have to say Will Reynolds and real company shit. You know, you you gotta do, you gotta do real company shit. And if you guys <laughs> haven't heard of of Will Reynolds, he's from Sear Interactive, um, out of Philadelphia, and he speaks quite frequently at conferences. You know, he was like one of the top ten on Forbes uh, influential marketers. And, you know, he talks about how the Internet has allowed us to, you know, create these sort of fake businesses and personal profiles and that that's not what we need to be doing ever for clients or ourselves. And that we know you need to get down and start doing real company stuff. Um, so you can search that. It's a hashtag RCS on Twitter.
1: Great stuff. OK, so we'll move on to the this or that round. And this is the quick response round. Ten quick questions. Try not to think about the answer too much. I'm just looking for your gut reaction. Ready to go? Yep. Okay. Email or Twitter? Email. Audio or video? Video. Affiliates or display advertising? Neither. (laughs) (laughs) Facebook or Google Plus?
0: Oh, Google Plus.
1: Online press releases or one-on-one relations?
0: One-on-one relations.
1: Paid search or SEO? Paid search. (laughs) Email contact form or telephone number?
0: Telephone.
1: Website or app?
0: Shit. (laughs) (laughs) App.
1: (laughs) No, I don't think shit was on the list. (laughs) (laughs) Social subscriber or email subscriber?
0: Email subscriber.
1: And local marketing or global marketing? Local. Yeah! Okay, let's move on to the ten thousand dollar question. If I was to give you ten thousand dollars and you had to spend it over the next few days on a digital marketing activity, what would you spend it on, and how would you measure success?
0: So I went to a kid with high. I went to a, a high school with a kid who has autism, um, and I he was big in culinary in high school, and uh, so I've stayed in contact with him and hang out with him for about uh, you know the last you know five six years out of high school. And uh, one of the things we've talked about doing here was a basically a potential link building campaign, where we do like his name's Taylor. It's a day for Taylor, and we go around the city and we do a bunch of fun stuff and we film it, and then we make a really cool video out of it. And basically, what we would do is we wouldn't do any any we wouldn't do a lot of uh, paid any sort of paid campaigns. So what we do is we do a lot of outreach. And a lot of PR and a, a lot of relationships that I I have, you know, work to build, and a lot of people at three ventures have have built and have, and we would use that to um, basically be, allow people to embed the date, embed the date, ta- the day for Taylor video. Oh, it's actually something we talked about doing here, but but that's that's my go-to.
1: Oh, that's that's and wonderful. That, you know, I think that's probably one of the the best answers I've received so far on that one.
0: And then you know, the you 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 get a. You get a private video player, and this came from Phil Nottingham over at Distilled. Um, I'm sure you know of him.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: uh, he basically said, you know, you could make these viral videos and use a private video player and allow people to embed it, and then when people embed it, you get a link back to the site. So it would be more or less a link building campaign, You know, which it, when you look at the, the the message of the video necessarily isn't what you want to be doing with it, but that could be the marketing play on it.
1: I know, I know. I mean, my follow-up question was going to be, how do you measure the success of it? So, um, what metrics do you look at? But to a certain degree, that's not really appropriate to be asking for that kind of activity.
0: Yeah, I mean, but it, it, let's say you applied it to a, a different subject or a different video. Your key performance indicator would be the amount of people who embed that video and the mm. amount of links captured. Yeah,
1: uh, Absolutely, absolutely. My number one takeaway. So you've offered a lot of great advice in our conversation. Thanks for that. Um, what is the number one takeaway? What's the single most important step that our listeners need to take away and implement in their own businesses today?
0: Develop your your company first. You know, and and don't necessarily go upon what others want you to do or what others say you should do online. Go about you know how you feel and and remember one thing: that passion never fails.
1: And that takes us to the end of our conversation today. Um, Thank you so much for your time, your focus, and your willingness to give back. What is the best way for our audience to find out more about you?
0: Uh, You can definitely go to Twitter. Uh, It's at Alan Morty. That's A L A N M O R T E. Or you can find me on Google Plus. It's plus.google.com forward slash Alan Morty.
1: Alan, thank you so much for joining us today.
0: No problem. Thanks for having me. Appreciate the time, David.
1: Hey, thanks so much for joining us today on Digital Marketing Radio. Remember, you can get every interview before it's published as a podcast, delivered as a weekly digital magazine, automatically to your tablet or smartphone. And that's for Apple or Android. Just go to digitalmarketingradio.com for links to where you can subscribe and join the rest of the Digital Marketing Radio posse. Catch you again soon. Digital Marketing Radio
0: Digital Marketing Radio
1: Yeah.